Peter, who walked the earth with Jesus as one of his 12 disciples, leaves us two letters where he instructs us how to live a life where we thrive. So I encourage you to join us as we go through the final lessons that come from Peter. Welcome back to the Care Ministries Podcast. My name is Josh Masters. I'm the Associate Care Pastor here at Brookwood Church, and I'm also here with several other fine gentlemen, our illustrious lead care pastor, Gene Beckner. Good morning, Gene. Good afternoon, Good Josh. afternoon. Yes. Listen, they, they could be <laughs> listening to this at any time. This is so true. Illustrious. Did you I don't even know what that means, but okay, I'll take illustrious it. Illustrious means shiny. Shiny. I am. I do have a bald. Should we just start this over? <laughs> yeah. No. no. Let's 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 forge ahead. Push through. And yes. then I'm also here with Doug Wildman, who is our uh, marriage and counseling pastor. Hello, Doug. Hello. Good day to you, sir. Good Thank day. you. I finally nice. showed up. So there you, we go. Doug finally showed up. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and then we also have Josh Taylor uh, at the helm, and he's yes. our also illustrious producer, and he is the one that cuts out most of the stupid things that yes. we say. And then put some of them at the end of the podcast. Oh, oh you told them the secret. Yeah, that, well, they listen. Mm. So, hey, we are continuing on week three of our podcast looking at the two epistles of the Apostle Peter. Uh, and we're calling that Thrive, the final lesson from Peter. And it's called that because this was actually the letter that Peter wrote. Uh, just before he died, just before he was martyred, and he knew that he was about to die. So what he's writing is his parting advice and encouragement for believers. So last week we looked at 1 Peter chapters 2 and 3, and this week we're going to be looking at chapters 4 and 5, so wrapping up 1 Peter before we go into 2 Peter next week. So we do want to encourage you because we can't go into every minute detail and read the whole thing, we'd love for you to read along with us. So if you're not in the car, then we encourage you to stop the podcast, pause it, go and read chapters four and five of First mm-hmm. Peter, and mm-hmm. then come on back and uh, we'll still be here because that's how digital yeah. media works. That's right. Assuming that you have just restarted the podcast because you read it, uh, we're starting in chapter 4 of 1 Peter. So if you remember, we ended chapter 3 by talking about suffering for doing good. And that's a big theme throughout the Peter epistles is this idea of thriving or living through trials. Mm -hmm. So we talked about suffering for doing good. And that folds right into the beginning of chapter 4. So let me just read the first two verses of chapter 4. It says, so then, and that's in reference to the suffering for doing good. So then, since Christ suffered physical pain, you must arm yourselves with the same attitude he had and be ready to suffer too. For if you have suffered physically for Christ, you have finished with sin. You won't spend the rest of your lives chasing your own desires, but you will be anxious to do the will of God. So it says that, when you are suffering for doing good, you're entering into the suffering that Christ had when he was alive and on earth. Well, he is alive now, but when he was walking the earth mm-hmm. before the resurrection. So that is very interesting to me because the thing that stands out to me is it's almost exactly the same wording as you see in Philippians chapter 2 when Paul says you have to have the same attitude that Christ had. 
who did not think of equality with God as something to cling to, but emptied himself and became a servant and became obedient to God even unto death on the cross. And Peter is hitting that same theme, saying, well, Christ also suffered, and so we should have the same Mm -hmm. attitude that Christ had in suffering. And that enables us to live a godly life. So you can either live in sin or you can live in suffering. And it seems like those are the two options that you have. There's no mm-hmm. cruising through life. Mm-hmm. You know, like we see when Jesus talks about being the vine, you can either be pruned or you can be cut off. Mm-hmm. Right. And so here we see when it says, uh, you won't spend the rest of your lives chasing your own desires, but you will be anxious to do the will of God. Um, you have been finished with sin when you suffer for Christ. So those are sort of the two options. You can... You can suffer with Christ, mm-hmm. or you can have a life of sin. But the reward in eternity is great when you choose suffering with Christ. Um, so Peter's delving into some really deep things here. You may, uh, you may have sin in your life, but the power is broken. So once Peter introduces that idea, he goes on into verse 4 to say that those who you used to sin with, in other words, your old crowd, mm-hmm. are going to start thinking that you're crazy. They're not mm-hmm. going to understand this mm-hmm. change uh, that happens in you. But you will be honored by God for that. So again, here we have another choice. You can live a life of suffering or a life of sin. And then the other choice is you can be honored by man and ultimately judged by God. Or you can be honored by God and judged by man. And obviously, it's much better to be judged by man than it is by God, because God judges us eternally. It's interesting that Jesus says, you know, don't be surprised that they hate you. Mm -hmm. You Mm -hmm. know, they hated me first. But yet you see a lot of Christians um, whose skin is not thick enough yet to deal with the fact that, and it says, you know, in verse um, 4, that they slander you. Yes. You know, so to to not be surprised by it and to actually thrive through it. Like, you know, it, that attitude that you talked about, arming yourselves with the attitude that he had and be ready to suffer. Well, what was that attitude? That attitude was one of faith. Hmm. You know, he was so close to God that Romans 8, 28 was true in his life. All things were going to work out for his good because he loved and was called according to God's purpose. So, if we walk into situations without that, mm-hmm. then I think we are going to have a hard time just surviving it because the world is not going to agree with us. You know, and like you said, those people that you used to hang out with are not, unless God gets a hold of them, they're not going to be like, well, that's good for you. Right. You know? Yeah, they're not, they, and they don't understand it. Correct. It's not just that they're against you. They, right. it perplexes them they can't they can't see where you're coming from anymore um so then peter says the end is coming we have to have the same attitude as christ because the end is coming and because the end is coming he gives four responses that we should have Mm -hmm. he says that we should be earnest and disciplined in prayer so the first thing he says is because the end is coming Mm -hmm. be in prayer and be earnest and disciplined in your prayer show deep love for one another show hospitality that's verse nine and then use your gifts to serve others. And right. that's in verse 10 and 11. So uh, be earnest in your prayer, show deep love for one another, show hospitality, 
use your gifts to serve others. And all this will bring glory to God is what his point is. So when you live this kind of life, you're not only going to suffer for doing good deeds, which is what we talked about in chapter 3, but you're likely then going to suffer just for being a Christian. Mm -hmm. And that's the section that he moves into next. And Doug, you had some thoughts about that. Yeah, yeah. So Josh, the other day you and I were talking about how um, this this passage may feel like it's a little bit uh, like like we here in North America may feel a little bit out of touch with with this kind of persecution because mm-hmm. we have been living in a time of you know relative ease up until some recent years. Yeah. How um, much suffering do we truly do for being mm-hmm. Christian? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just to kind of put it in perspective, this was during the time, right around the time when Nero was was burning the city of Rome and and fiddling, um, you know, uh, singing and dancing as the as the city burned, and then blaming the Christians for for burning it down. And he had um, apparently he had some sort of big dreams of rebuilding the city, um, and he was using the Christians as an opportunity to um, make that happen by secretly going out and having people go out and light these fires, mm-hmm. using them as an example. or a, His a, own city. His own city. Yeah, he's yeah. burning his own city and blaming Christians. And then blaming the Christians. So, yeah, it, it says basically expect persecution. Expect it. Um, don't be surprised at the fiery trials that you are going through as if something strange were happening to you. Um, so we, we shouldn't be surprised when when people misunderstand or misrepresent or mistreat us um, as followers of, of Christ. First um, Corinthians 2:14 says, "The natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God for they are folly to him, and he is not able to understand it because they are spiritually discerned. Um, but then Romans 1.18 takes it a f- step further, and it says that people actually suppress the truth in unrighteousness. Mm-hmm. So they, they not only misunderstand and miss the mark, but they actually many times understand exactly what the truth is, and they're, they're openly suppressing that truth. Mm-hmm. Um, today, um, there are 500 million people who face severe persecution around the world. 500 million um, that number has doubled between 2017 and 2019. Um, we're very divorced from that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we are. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, we are. Yep. And this is not just, you know, people losing job opportunities and things like that. This is, we're talking about what they call severe persecution. Mm-hmm. Um, Christians make up 75% of all of the persecuted um, people of faith around the world, with North Korea and the Islamic world topping the list of the worst offenders. Um, kind of moving on to the next point here is um, this really interesting statement, but be very glad. Hmm. You know, most people would be like, be very glad that you're being persecuted. Right. Um, how, how on earth would we have that sort of mindset? But he says this, because trials will make you partners with Christ in his suffering. Hmm. Um, you kind of talked a little bit about that already, but um, people will see in you the life of Christ. And it's the life of Christ, because they're seeing that, we should rejoice. We should rejoice that, that um, we are marked, that we are different. 
um, and that there is a there's a certain amount of joy that should come from that um, that that our light is shining you know we're not sticking it under a bowl as it says but I feel like many times in our society that's exactly what we are doing is sticking it under a bowl because mm -hmm. we avoid suffering at all costs we'll, yeah. we we go out of our way to not have suffering where you see in some of the writings of the spiritual mm -hmm. giants so to speak like Martin Luther when they would have terrible trials mm -hmm. you know they would write things like I'm so grateful that I get to participate in mm -hmm. the suffering of Christ mm -hmm. which yeah. is quoting from Peter here yeah and it's that's that's hard to even fathom in our culture yeah Absolutely. we we avoid inconvenience like yeah Perry, <laughs> yeah Perry, let alone suffering yeah Perry talked about that you know that we we even run from being inconvenienced mm -hmm. um, and I think again there's a there's an immaturity um, in the body as a whole, especially the American church, mm -hmm. to understand and kind of embrace what Doug is talking about and what, which is what Peter is talking about, which is, you know, kind of lean into it. Mm -hmm. Because if God is the one who is authoring it, if he is in charge, just like you said, the opportunity to be acquainted with the man of sorrows gives us probably the same kind of compassion that Christ had for those who were lost. Mm -hmm. You know, because if if we're being persecuted for doing good, now he says in um, verse uh, 14 and into 15, he says, if you're suffering because you're doing something wrong. Yes. You know, and what I find interesting, and this is a whole other podcast, but prying into other people's affairs, yes. he lists. Mm -hmm. So maybe social media has, dun, a dun, lot, dun. has a lot to do with that. <laughs> you know, but that's a, yeah, that's a maturity factor of, you know what, that even as, as the Bible talks about, um, you know, that being corrected doesn't feel good. If you let it have its way, it will produce something that is better. You right. know, like the pruning, like you talked about before. Mm -hmm. um, but we have a tendency, you're right, to run away from it as quick as possible. Yep. Like somehow, so, like there's a theology that's like, you shouldn't have any pain or any struggles. Everything should go great as long as you read your Bible and go to church and may, maybe tithe. You know, right. so the irony, though, is if you read your Bible, there's no way to yes, come to that conclusion. it doesn't say that anywhere. <laughs> because yeah. Yeah, there's That's not right. a single example of a yes. Christian who has an easy life. Yep. That's right. The other reason why we should be very glad, as it mentions here, is that afterward you will have the wonderful joy of sharing in the glory when it is displayed to all the world. Um, so um, I don't totally know what that will look like, um, but we do know that um, that. That there is reward for those who, who place Jesus as, as their ultimate prize, um, instead of placing themselves as the ultimate prize. Mm. Um, so we will share in His glory at His return. So that is the other reason why we should be we should rejoice at the fact that we have the opportunity to suffer with him. Mm -hmm. um, real quick, I was just going to point out too something really interesting right toward the end um, of of the book of First Peter in uh, chapter five, verse twelve. It says, "My purpose in writing this is the purpose in writing this whole letter is to encourage you mm -hmm. and to assure you 
that what you are experiencing is truly part of God's grace for you. And that's a that's a promise that we can hold mm-hmm. on to. It may not always seem like it when you're in the middle of all of those difficult times, mm-hmm. when you're suffering for the sake of Christ. Mm-hmm. But there is that promise that it is pointing us to um, a, a greater hope, and, um, and it is actually for our own good. So, Gene, you were going to be talking to us about uh, advice for elders and young men. Yeah, he, he kind of pivots a little here at the end, um, mm-hmm. going from the suffering to, you know, he says, hey, wait a minute, now let me, let me talk to the elders of the church. And so it's interesting because he's saying, okay, if, if you're an elder, be, be a good example. You know, and be an example for those that are younger, you know, and then he tells the younger ones, he's like, you know, you need to pay attention to the elders, you know, of your church. And that seems to be something that's missing in our culture, too, is that we don't we rarely see this um, uh, this duality occurring. But it's very powerful because, again, the elders have been down the path. They have an opportunity to turn back to those who are younger and say, hey, look, here are some here are some things that are going to help you without preaching at them or without, you know, um, looking dis- not looking favorably upon them because they're young. But then the youth have this charge to be humble and learn from your elders, you know, and, and he... Uh, you know, in, in Titus 2, you know, we see that as well, where it talks about the, the elder women um, teaching the younger. And so that's what I love about Scripture is that you can find similar things in different – I mean, that was Paul's writing. Right. But he was saying the same thing as what Peter was saying. Um, and, he, you know, he says, you know, in verse uh, 3 in chapter 5, he says, Don't lord it over, but lead them – by your own good example. And then when the great shepherd appears, Christ, you'll receive a crown of never-ending glory and honor. So again, even with the suffering, the end result is being able to see Christ glorified. Hmm. And uh, I came and upon sharing this... sharing in that glory. Yes, and being, yeah, being a part of it. I came upon this uh, story years ago, I think it was 2012, maybe 2013, uh, in Africa. They were taking these um, elephants... And they had overpopulated this area, and so they were moving them to a new area. But they couldn't move the um, the patriarchs. They could only move the young uh, males uh, and the um, matriarchs to this new place. And then within three months, all of a sudden, a bunch of rhinos ended up dead. And what they thought at first was they said, maybe it's poachers. But when they looked, they realized that these rhinos had been gored. With tusks. Hmm. And they said, well, that doesn't make any sense. Yes, they did that. They said, huh. They had not, <laughs> because the rhino has no natural predator. There's no, and so, and elephants don't go after rhinos at all. So they put some cameras up, and what they found is exactly what was happening. These young males were all coming together, and they were basically bullying these rhinos and then killing them. And what they realized was the, the patriarch was not there. So they built a new harness that was big enough to get the patriarch, and they put the patriarch there, and the killing stopped almost immediately. Wow. And I find that to be very interesting that even in our own lives, without elders to help guide us, the potential is there for us as humans as well. Because then theology could, could be wrong, 
And we could end up going off on a path that someone who was older and hopefully wiser would be able to speak some wisdom into, you know, that situation. To be able to say, hey, look, look at this differently. Have right. you thought about this? You know, and again, that's something I love about Brookwood is that many decisions are made not in isolation, but it's made with others mm-hmm. so that we can get all the the possible viewpoints. And then somebody finally says, OK, look, the person who is in charge says this is the decision to make. Because the other piece of this, too, is that the elders are there to teach the younger how to lead and how to be an elder, just like those elephants were teaching those younger elephants, the rhino is no threat to you. But for some reason, without that authority in their lives, they went off the rails. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the second part that, that um, Peter talks about, and this is kind of one of my favorite um, scriptures ever, was uh, in chapter 9, excuse me, chapter 5, verse 8. And he says this, he says, Stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Stand firm against him and be strong in your faith. Remember that your family of believers all over the world is going through the same kind of suffering you are. So I find it interesting, because, you know, I was an English teacher, that it says he prowls around like a roaring lion, Mm -hmm. which means that the enemy is not a lion. He's like a lion. He's a counterfeit lion, whereas Jesus is the lion of Judah. So it's interesting the difference between those two. And it also says he's looking, some translations say, for someone he may devour. And some translations say can. And I think that's the wrong translation based on the wording of it. I think it's may, which means we got to give him permission right. to devour us. Because he has no authority over us. Correct. But what's interesting is, is when, I, when I looked and did the, the, uh, the Greek, it says that devour means... To drown or drink down. Huh. And that's what he's looking to do to a believer. He's looking to drown you, to drown us. Yes. Or to drink us down. You know, to, to kind of overwhelm us. But what Peter is saying is, look, you stand firm, but everyone is standing firm together. You can't do this by yourself. He says, remember that you're part of the family of believers all over the world who are going through the same thing. And I think it's very interesting that he's, after all this talk in, in the first chapter, that he ends up in this place where he's saying, there's an enemy out there who's coming, who's, who wants to take you out, but you have, with the Holy Spirit inside of you, you have the power, which is what he says toward the end, right in um, verse 11. He says, all power to him. But if you go back, he says, after you have suffered a while, he'll restore support and strengthen you and place you on a firm foundation. So I think that, to me, was the essence of the first book, was uh, he's saying, this is how you thrive. But you're not going to thrive without persecution. You're not going to thrive without there being resistance. You know, it's just like people who, you know, want to get in shape. You, You have to have resistance training in order to build muscles. Mm -hmm. And what you'll find is if you keep at it, you'll get stronger and stronger and you'll be able to resist more and more. But if we never do it, or if we say, oh, well, I'm not going to do that because it's too hard or it's inconvenient, or how could a God who loves me 
you know, want me to have to go through a hard season, then like what Josh said is we need to reread the Bible and we need to get back to Jesus's attitude, which was obedience. But he had a personal relationship. Mm -hmm. So if you don't have a personal relationship with God and you just are agreeing to some facts, you'll probably turn away from this. Right. And Jesus was living in complete obedience, but he was also living in purpose and mission. Yes. Right? Because we don't want to suffer for no reason. No. That's right. But if we can see the mission and the purpose behind our suffering, that changes everything. And sometimes we don't get to see the results right away, which we could go into the Hebrews chapter about... The, you know, the giants of our faith who many never saw it. Right. So that's why that personal relationship with God through Christ is paramount. You will not be able to, to have the attitude that we've been talking about today without it. And even when you do have that relationship, sometimes it's still difficult. Mm-hmm. But that's why we pray. And that's why we have other brothers and sisters in the faith that will help us as we go through those times. So, as always, at the end of our podcast, there's a number, there's a way for you to get in touch with us. If you're going through a time and you're going, man, I'm not thriving at all, or I don't even know what this thing about faith is all about, um, just call that number at the end, and uh, we'll be happy to journey with you as you uh, walk through the next part of your life. So, with that, I'll pray, and uh, we'll end this. Next week, we'll start Second Peter. We will. Awesome. God, we thank you for um, Peter and for his words. Lord, knowing what he went through uh, in his own life, Lord, having denied Christ. But then also, Jesus, you came back and you restored him. Uh, his, his words uh, still ring true, and they're very powerful for us. They're challenging for us. So, God, I pray that, um, that you will strengthen us on the inside as we go through seasons that may be difficult and we may not even understand them but we also know that your word says we won't go through it alone and that you're not going to leave or forsake us so god i pray that uh, we will uh, draw even closer to you and that you'll bring other people around us to help us in our journey in jesus in your name we pray Thanks again for listening to the Care Ministries podcast from Brookwood Church. If you'd like more information about today's topic or you need support, you can call us at 864-688-8355. You can also learn more about Care Ministries by visiting www.brookwoodchurch.org care. And make sure to check out all of our upcoming events and support groups on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash brookwoodcare. We'd love to be an encouragement to you as we walk together in a healing relationship with Christ. Until next time, God bless. I'm I'm surprisingly I'm surprisingly better at organizing other people. That could be a problem. Yeah. <laughs> if it's just me by myself, it's a disaster. But if I'm Cheetos or- in your underwear? Yeah. It's Cheetos in my underwear. <laughs> Put that on the end. That's of a it. Kanye West song, isn't it? <laughs> is it? I- <laughs> of the new Christian. Of the new Christian. Jesus is king. <laughs>